0: At Keep Good Keith on Twitter. All responses are appreciated. This is the Punchy Panda Podcast. Keep Good Keith on Twitter. Thank you for joining me again, Punchy Panda Podcast 1 4. We're back. We did it. We survived the tornado hurricane monsoon and maelstrom of this weekend in the world of mma oh boy we made it out the other end not everybody didn't well everybody did didn't i don't know which the way that works but there was winners and there were losers and though be very entertaining and And let's be honest, an hour and a half of me talking would be beautiful. But you guys are tired. I know you've been through a lot this weekend. Your family misses you. So I'm going to let you guys listen to me. Get the quick hits by personal preferences. What I think are the biggest moments coming out of this weekend. And we're going to start off with Bellator. We're going to go 15 and 16 back to back. Again, both at the Mohegan Sun Arena. You have the Bellator 215 card was headlined by Matt Mitrione and Sergey Karatov. Oh, tragic, tragic nut shot by Matt Mitrione, causing an end to that contest. A lot of fights been ended in the first round these main events, so I'm not particularly shocked. I am stunned that someone as tough and durable as Karatov couldn't continue, but. As a person who's never been hit in the nuts by someone who over weighs over two hundred pounds, I cannot fault him whatsoever. They can run that back and do that again; it'll be just as exciting. The cup, the the nut shot was loud as fuck too. I want to also emphasize that. Huh, very bad. Also on that card, we had some middling Bellator staples. Logan Storley and the likes. We had the when their big up and comers get shut down. Jeremy Kimball, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Michael Kimball. <laughs> Jeremy is also a very, very good fighter. But he could probably get back on the horse. Also, we had uh someone on the prelims, Amanda Bell, very impressive win over um Librock, UFC veteran. That's something that I wasn't expecting. And getting her out of there in the first round, very important. So, I feel like those are the big takeaways from Bellator 215. You know, honestly, it just felt like a normal Paramount Friday night. You know, nothing too spectacular. And even the main event kind of fizzled out. So, sorry, Scotty. But Bellator 216 had a whole different type of disappointment. In the main event, we had... A five-round unanimous decision won by MVP Michael Venom Page over Paul Daly after a grind fest. You heard me right, boys and girls. A grind fest of wrestling by Paul Daly. You know, Paul, I'm going to bitch on the ground while someone's beating me up while they're on top of me daily. Was the grappler. Very impressive. Very impressive takedowns. I was very surprised. But should you have been? We talked about it last week. Anderson Silva's going to pull guard. He's going to try to wrestle Alasanya. We should have seen this coming. Paul Daly is more of a veteran than anybody in this in the tournament, really. Besides maybe John Fitch. So, you know, you got to go to what not only what got you to dance, but you got to go with what you know. If you know you got a better grappling game, try it. He tried it, and it did not work, unfortunately. But hats off to Paul Daly for trying something different. Hats off for trying to get that win and get that million million dollars. I can only say that got to come better next time. Undefeated MVP is going to be facing off against Douglas Lima. We have the date for that as well. It's going to be May 11th in Chicago. So that sounds very, very interesting. I might go to that one, too. Also on the card, we have an arrival of another welterweight contender. Somebody that I was talking about for the welterweight Grand Prix. Yaroslav Amazov. Or, I hope that's close. Defeating Eric Silva. Really dominating them, Wearing them out on the ground. Piecing him up on the feet. Very impressive performance by an undefeated 21-0 and fighter. Something that Bellator can really hang their hat on. I'd like to see him fight the... Maybe fight the winner of Larkin and Koreshkov or maybe even Paul Daly, if Paul Daly still wants to compete. That'll be a great fight. We also have Valerie Lorda, or I think that's her name. She was very impressive. Fireball coming out of the gate, opening up the main car with a big bang, getting a stoppage win in her pro debut, only 20 years old. So we... Bellator has a knack of picking up these young talents and nurturing them and giving them favorable matchups. So maybe this could be another one. But as we saw with Kimball, if you, you know, the trajectory doesn't go just right, they can fizzle out on a big stage. So she's got to make sure we take care of her. She's training with ATT and she has a lot of strong women around her and a lot of great coaches. So I could see a bright future for her as well. Overall, Bellator 216 obviously was going to do better than 215, just given the fights that they had. But both shows had great moments, and the doubleheader was very entertaining. Some moments more than others, but I want to give a shout-out also to Terrell Fortune getting the win. I, I forgot to mention him earlier. Good fight, good win. Moving on up. Again, one of those young um, talents that are groomed from Bellator. So overall, I feel like it could have been like a super big... I feel like they had too many fighters for the one card, which is understandable because we had the whole heavyweight main um, back, um, back-to-back back fights between Roy Nelson and Crow Cop. which, again, hats off to Mirko top and hats off to Czech Congo getting the unanimous decisions. But honestly, I definitely thought... Um, Minikoff won that contest. You can't just blitz somebody at the end and get a victory. I guess some referees did, just chose that. But the Nelson fight was just too grindy. I was tired of watching grindy fights. It was hard watching both of those main events. Anytime a heavyweight fight goes past the first round, it's usually not that great. I don't know who said that, but pretty sure it's accurate. But Bellator came hard, and they needed to because the UFC put on a great show, and so did Invicta. Coming up with the success of Bellator, we also had a successful evening in Invicta, the top three marquee fights in the flyweight division, the debut of their marquee division, I believe, because let's be honest, Amanda Nunes and Cyborg are effectively shutting down the featherweight division which was the real main push-up. We're going to build the cyborg opponent for the UFC. Now we can build the next great flyweight for the UFC. And they did that spectacularly with their flyweight tournament. Miranda Maverick taking on um, Deanna Bennett, UFC versus Invicta. Well, technically Invicta versus Invicta, but Deanna Bennett had to change camps since she was a participant of the Ultimate Fighter. She came out with the win in the first round of the Flyweight Tourney, second round, which obviously was the fight of the night for Invicta. A very back-and-forth, dynamic performance by both women, but it was Corinda Rodriguez defeating the UFC veteran Milan Dudaiba by unanimous decision. Amazing contest. You know, that's going to be one of the better female fights of the year. I'm, I, I'll am i stamp it right now in February. And I'm very impressed with the team level prospect. Two of her teammates are in the UFC already. So it's only a matter of time before Corinda Rodriguez makes her way up. And with the flyweight championship on the line, you know, maybe she can get it. Maybe she'll actually um, take the role... You know, like Jennifer Maya, and bring that belt into the UFC. And, of course, the main event to obviously bring up the Jessica, um, I'm sorry, Jennifer Maya, the Vacating Championship, we had v- um, Vanessa Porto taking on Pearl Gonzalez, UFC veteran, for the vacant Flyweight Championship. Of course, the winner of this fight will be um, scheduled to face the winner of the Flyweight Tournament. Domination by Porto from um, bell to bell, really. Just dynamic takedowns, strong punches on the feet. It just looked like Pearl was just a little bit underwater, trying to catch back up to Vanessa Porto. Of course, Porto, former two-time title challenger, so she's used to going the distance and really turning it up. And that's what I saw. I saw as the fight got later, Pearl was more diminished, And it just looked like the the grappling was just wearing her down more and more and more, and unfortunately, the fight ended due to an eye poke by Pearl, right in a a sucker, getting a little blood on the eyelid of Porto. But since it was already in the fourth round, it went to a technical decision. Luckily, that that wasn't you know no contest or anything weird happened, so the rightful woman won at the end of the day. Just a beer. That happened the same night as Kyrtonov. Both main events ended in no contest. Could have ended in a no contest. I'm happy that at least we we're halfway through that fight. So we wouldn't have that. Because that was a, a victory that Vanessa Porto had. And it was an amazing performance. So good eye on her. Now the big one. Going to be going through the entire main card. The ESPN debut show, but I just want to pluck some gems from the undercard, hit them up real quick. Luke Sanders, eye on you, what I believe best performance of his career, the best performance of the night for me is going to be from Emily Whitmire, Spitfire, coming out there getting the fastest finish in strawweight history and taking the O for... Alexander Albu after a long layoff very impressed there Nick Lentz dude knows how to win he, brother can dress what can I say he knows how to get beat up and still grind out and win amazing of course Aljamain Sterling kicks galore just throws Jimmy Rivera in there Very disappointed to see Jim Rivera get knocked back down in the rankings like that, though. Anything else that stocked up to me from the undercard? All great fights, of course. Look forward to um, re-watching all of them. KGB Lee showing that I can do it all, but her stand-up was so slick. Very impressed by her as well. But let's get to that main card. Opening up that undercard, we have Miles Jury taking on Andre Feely. Andre Feely getting the unanimous decision. I believe that Jury should have won. I just, um and it's a trend that I saw throughout the night that leg kicks aren't really being scored very highly in Arizona. But at the end of the day, great combinations, great jab. For pressure and he was blood, bloodying up. Jury, jury was coming back at the end though. It's just that the activity in that jab just was too effective. Leg kicks were very effective by Jury too. It was very evenly matched going into the third round, but I just feel like Andre Philly edged it out just a little bit on the cards at least. But I feel like those leg kicks were the most effective damage. Also. Leading into the next fight, we have Vicente Luque taking on Brian Bam Bam Barbarina fighting at home. It was his first TKL loss, unfortunately, as Vicente Luque goes on a four-fight finish streak. His shots were just heavier. Brian Barbarina was trying to use combinations and do multiple damage. Luque was firing one-shot killers, and it showed. His ground game was impeccable as well. Just his ability to counter everything that Brian Barberina was throwing at him was amazing. And of course, with the slugfest that was going on, the diverse strikes, it was one of the more exciting fights of the night. I think that one and the Lentz fight were almost equal, but the Luque fight had a more dramatic ending and had more dramatic moments, and both people were really looking for the finish. So not only was that a great fight, it was, I believe, a fight of the year contender early on. So look out for that one. Moving on. We have the debut of Crone Gracie taking on Bruce Lee boy, Alex Caceres. Man, I expected a lot more out of Caceres. I expected him to move around that octagon. But when you can throw big, heavy shots without anything to worry about on the ground, as Dominic Cruz mentioned, there's nothing really... You can do, once he closed that distance, exactly what he did. Threw that overhand, crashed distance, used a slick trip to take down Bruce Delroy. use a redirection, kicked him off the fence, took him right down, and then that slow choke got put in. Man, Cron Gracie is ready for the UFC for sure. The last three fights in the main card, very, very important for the division. Cynthia Calvillo taking on Courtney Casey. Up and down has Courtney Casey been in the UFC. I thought this one would be a, a big defining moment in her home state as well. But unfortunately, again, leg kicks weren't being scored very high. But the jab and the continuous movement of Calvillo was while well, she scored a unanimous decision. The accurate punches did I guess scored higher than the amount and volume that was being thrown because that was pretty decent from both ladies but Calvillo was just landing more with the hands and unfortunately Casey just I like I said I thought she did great in that fight and I believe that she won but judges were seeing something different and decisions really are her Achilles heel she just keeps losing those decisions she needs to just go for the go for the finish every time because judges do not see things in her way ever in the co event we have top ranked james vick taking on paul felder just like everyone you have to get inside that crazy long reach of james vick and felder looks spectacular getting inside ripping the body going over the top with his right hand the spinning attacks he almost dropped them with a spinning back fist he had nice spinning elbows and that's, and a spinning um turning side kick to the body was very nice too James Vick rallied at the end he had a lot of big moments too but at the end of the day, the accuracy and the way that Paul Felder changed the game plan really paid dividends. And now Irish Dragons in the top 10 of the lightweight division calling out um Eds and Barboza again. It's going to be a very, very impressive, impressive victory. I'm um, sorry. It was a very impressive victory, and I hope to see more impressive things in the future. And now we go to the main event. I'm going to separate the main event into two separate categories. First category is what we know. Second category is literally what could have been. What we do know is that the fight was stopped. We don't know if it was from an uppercut. We don't know if it was from the injury of Cain Velasquez. But Francis Ngannou... Two-fight winning streak stops one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And now he's looking like the Francis of old, the killer. This heavyweight division just got way more interesting. Now with Daniel Cormier saying that he's not going to retire and he's going to keep fighting into next year, we can get another title shot out of him. Which would be incredible. Or he can just keep going and slaying heads until Brock and DC do their thing. I don't know if he would fight Stipe again, but if he did, that would just go and just shows that he really is improving and not scared to fight anybody. Francis Godin was a beast, and everyone knows that was on display. What we don't know, unfortunately, is if it was damage or a pre existing injury. They caused a stop to the fight. We don't know if Cain Velasquez is really done in the UFC. This is his home state. This is supposed to be a big moment for him and for it to end in under 30 seconds is very disappointing. You got to pick yourself back up from that. And we don't know if he's even going to stay in the division. Cormier, like we just stated, is not going to retire. He just had a loss at heavyweight. Maybe revamping his career down to light heavyweight would be good. It'd probably be a little hard to do given the time off and the muscle you put on and things like that. But it's always been something that has been flirted with and dangling in the air. And we have nowhere to go. Might as well go down if you can't go up. Another thing we don't know is what would happen in a full fight, you know, if the knee doesn't go out. Does you know, Engano just pounce on him and just keep raining down punches, or does Velasquez find a way to win like he always does? And we also don't know if curses are real. This is the first ESPN card. Remember the first fight, um, he got injured in the first Fox card as well and got knocked out. So man, such a convoluted and unfortunately A result with a lot of questions unanswered. But one question that we do know is that Francis Ngannou is moving up in the light, I'm sorry, in the heavyweight rankings. And he's that much closer to another shot at the title. Keep good, keep on Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Remember, these are my honest opinions on the fights. You can disagree with me. Just DM me, Proxy Pharaoh, keep Underscore good underscore Keith. Do that. And we can debate it back and forth. I'm very impressed with all the winners and the losers of all the contests. I'm going to go back and watch more of these fights, watch them over again, get some more in depth analysis before the new UFC on ESPN Plus card that's coming this Saturday. The light heavyweights are on display again. It's going to be a big card in Prague. And I'm looking forward to that as well. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Punchy Panda podcast and always punch up. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hit me up at Keep Good, Keep on Twitter and always punch up.